the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download and listen to for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and this week my special guest is Tom Cole from Riddle University College near Chelmsford. Coming up we'll be answering your questions on everything from bamboo and ants to aces. Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. Tom, it's a warm welcome to the programme. We've had a few downpours this week. How's it affecting our gardens? Downpours? We had a bit of rain, it was it? horrendous. Tuesday, was it Tuesday? It we got washed away Tuesday. It, incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. Lovely day to work out. Were you out working or you were hiding at college, weren't you? We had a outage of the system. No PCs, nothing. We had rivers running through the campus. I'm going out there to do weeding with students, and they all looked at me in a bemused state. I said, well, we're going to go into the, the tropical house and do some weeding there. I said, you can't escape. You see, but what people don't understand is that if you're a gardener, you have to work out in the rain. All weather. It's but it an was a deluge, job. though. It, what, it was. Our lot got very wet indeed. So how's it affecting our gardens? Making them grow, isn't it? Well, yeah, so the, the upside to it is everything's burgeoning. So what are you going to start <laughs> with as a tip? Well, one of the things I would look at is now that the stone fruits are actively growing, yep. it is a good time to do some pruning. This is the key time of the year. Uh, if you need to, plums... Sometimes just leave them alone, just do some tipping, opening out, maybe taking away some damaged growth. Uh, but if you've got cherry trees, I would like to sort of open up even more to allow more airflow through. So it's just cutting back, trimming back to about a quarter um, and taking away your dead, dying, diseased and damaged growth. Would you do any other pruning later or not? Um, I might do some more when I'm harvesting and that's the option really. You can do all this now or actually or you, you could leave it until June, July, August. Which is what they do commercially, don't they? They pick the fruit and then... Well, they do and they don't. Actually, up at um, uh, Wilkins and Sons, they, they've done it. It's all done. All done. Perfect trees, absolutely amazing trees. And one of the key reasons for doing it this time of the year is that you reduce um, the chances of getting bacterial canker yeah. and also things like silver leaf. So you do it now mm. or wait until when you harvest. Now, it's interesting because you mentioned working in the sun because uh, they've got, I know, apricots. They have. And in fact, they've got apricots of several varieties from early to late Guess what? The early ones got caught with the frost. Yeah, everything got caught, didn't it? Did, really? didn't it? All that early stuff yeah. wiped out, which means plums are going to be possibly sought after, depending on the variety, I suppose. Yeah, if they were lucky and were later flowering, you'd probably be okay. Mm. But yeah, those earlier ones really hit. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to be more cheerful than frost. But you were. You were fairly <laughs> cheerful. Good crops of fruit this year, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Fantastic. Um, fuchsias. Now, if you've bought fuchsias, they're often sort of just or you've grown them yourself from cuttings, they're going to be sort of inclined to be a bit single-stemmed with a few branches, worth pinching them out, and you get a lovely bush with loads of flower, won't you? So, I mean, that really is worth doing. And I think it's a reminder that we don't pinch out, and pinching out just means taking the tip out, doesn't it? It is, yeah. And you can, you can use that tip for softer cuttings. You could, couldn't you? But I don't think we do that enough with bedding generally, do you? No, we just leave it. I mean, geraniums even. You know, if you've got a, a, a tall piece of a geranium that's sticking up, Knock the top out 
and it will branch more. You'll get much bigger plants. And more flowers. And more flowers. So really look around your bed, and if you've got spindly plants or single-shot plants, just nip that tip out and make them branch, and you'll get much better displays of your bedding plants, whether they're in containers, baskets, or in the ground. doesn't matter where. Well, I'm going to bring it back to doom and gloom again, uh, because the carrot flies out there somewhere. It is. In fact, it's been out there for a little while. The t- tip for me is when I see cow parsley flowering in the hedgerows, that's the time, really, I should be putting my barriers up uh, around the plant. And it's a fly that actually literally flies very close to the ground. So all you would need to have is a vertical barrier. You can use things like EnviroMesh or very tightly gauged uh, green netting or fleece around it, erected up on canes. And that way you'll have really good sound uh, plants free of those tunnels that will occur because of the maggot-like grub that burrows down into the root. The other thing is you could also use spring onions around the plant as a do you think companion that, plant. Do you think it works? or it just? Yeah, no, it does. It's very good. It's got to be a very good row of spring onions. I think either side, yeah, either side of a couple of rows of carrots. Um, But the most effective way is actually putting vertical barriers up. And it's not that they can fly in, is it? It's vertical barriers, as you say. Yeah, because they fly close to the ground. I mean, you could use corrugated plastic or anything Anything, upright, as long as it's what two or three feet. Yeah, and simple as that. Absolutely. Well, clematis amandii. You you can't knock it for being one of the early flowers. And the perfume is, well, it's almonds, isn't it? It's lovely. It is beautiful. But as far as I'm concerned, it's not one of my favourite. And do you know why? I love the flowers, but they always go brown at the bottom, don't they? The leaf. A lot of brown leaf at the bottom. But it's a reminder, when you look out and see the brown leaves at the bottom, that it's actually time to prune them, isn't it? It's good time, And cut yeah. them back. And they're vigorous growers, so you can actually be quite hard with them, can't you, Tom? I mean... Do you ever cut them hard back, or do you still leave the frame? Uh, we just cut, we cut to the frame at the, yeah. at the at Rittle University the best College, way. Um, and we cut back into the frame as well. So we are quite tight there. We cut back to around about maybe two leaves. But people generally don't, do they? No. But it is important to because if not, it takes you, over. You get well, a it takes over, and b you get all this rubbish growth underneath and the dead leaf, and it looks untidy and horrible. So do that. And and it will soon, just a reminder, I don't like to mention because they're still flowering a bit, isn't it, Montana? Montana's are just about there, aren't yeah, they still? Yeah, so give them another couple of weeks and it's worth tidying them up. And again, it's a tidying job, isn't it? Back to the framework and tidy them up and tie them in. Absolutely. Now, I've got one other bit. Um, well, snowdrops, they well finished. They early, have indeed. But we've left them a good number of weeks to die down. Uh, they're still showing the odd bit of leaf. And also bluebells, they're, they're sort of finished, but they're sort of standing up there. Starting to yellow, heads. aren't they? Yeah. But this is a good time if you want. If you've got really over-congested clumps, it's a great time to lift them up, move them somewhere else in the garden, split them up. And literally, with these, you don't need to use any utensils, just your hands. Pull them apart. And then plunge those into you know significant areas i would use a liquid feed as well just as a last part as they die back fully and maybe mulch over the top and that's it all set for hopefully a good range of color in the spring there's i think there's nothing nicer in all honesty i think those two flowers that you just mentioned i think it's because they're natural very natural aren't they i know we plant daffodils and we think aren't they natural but these are more naturalistic aren't they they are so they are plenty of things to do in the garden you praying for more rain? We always need water. <laughs> <laughs> Only at night, yes? Only at night. Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. Let's have a look at some of those gardening events taking place across Essex over the next few weeks. And we'll be starting 
in um, Billericay on the 19th of June. That's not long, so just a week or so. Eight o'clock, Billericay Horticultural Society. I have a talk on Front Gardens by Alison Marsden. Entry is £2 for visitors and refreshments are available. Now, a good one to go to is on Saturday the 24th, Sunday the 25th, 10 till 5, gardens across Uttlesford and Harlow are going to be open to raise money for St Clair's Hospice. Now, in its 23rd year, there'll be more than 20 gardens taking place. Entries by brochure... Only costs £5 and contains the details and location of all the gardens that will be open. They are, it's a good one to f- go to because it is in support of St Clair's Hospice. Uh, going through just the next month, we're going to go on the 6th of July, the Tiptree Garden Club at 8 o'clock, have a talk by Dr Ian Bedford on garden bugs, cohabit, conserve and control. He's been interested in insects and invertebrates uh, most of his life and will be happy to identify and give suggestions on how to deal with them. I don't know. We've all got to learn how to deal with them, I reckon. Anyway, entry is £2 for members, £3 for visitors, and there's a raffle and refreshments. If you have an Essex gardening event for the BBC Essex Gardening Hour, please send all the details to me, Ken Crowther, with at least three weeks' notice, either by email to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk, or you can write to me. P.O. at P.O. Box 765. Yes, that's BBC Essex at P.O. Box 765, Chelmsford, CM2 9XB. And we'll get it on the diary. Coming up next, myself and Tom will be answering your gardening questions. And we'll start with Phyllis in Wivenhoe and her apple tree. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11. Um, I'm ringing on behalf of a friend who's got an apple tree and it had masses of bloom. Mm-hmm. The apples are smaller than a marble yep. and the leaves are all curling up, but they're not brown. Right, and I imagine a lot of the apples have now dropped off because it will be the June drop, which will drop some of the apples. Right, and um, this is a Bramley, actually, a Bramley tree. Oh, so it might not have masses of apples, but it's got plenty of bloom and it's got plenty of apples there, yeah? Yeah, yeah but they're very, very small. It's pre-June drop, isn't it? I would think, even on a Bramley, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a bit early, actually. It's a bit it's, early it's, for June It drop. will happen this month. It will happen. Some will drop and then <clears> the rest will grow bigger. The and biggest problem is the browning on the leaves, isn't it, and Tom? Have, have you sort of looked into those? Have, 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 have you, you opened f- them up? Yeah. The leaves? Yeah. Yes. Have you unfolded them at all? Is there anything inside? I I said to her that I have a feeling there might be spiders in there. Or... No, it'd be aphid. Usually, ah. yeah, it could be aphid. I mean, what um, when you're looking at the fruit, there's no spotting on the fruit, is no. there? No, okay. none of that. Um, because you can get uh, sort of scab and other things coming through. Just weather conditions. But I think it's it? probably linked to weather. Um, right. <clears throat> and is it quite a mature tree as well? Pardon? Is it quite a mature tree? No, um, I think last year was the first time it had fruit. Oh, right. Ah, yep. So it could yep. be weather-related yeah. very easily if it's a young tree. Yeah, so, right. I mean, Can I... Can you I, suggest anything that she might have to spray or what spray to use if she has? No, right. What Tom was saying is open up the leaves and yep. you, you unroll them and to see what's inside. Chances are it might be just aphid. The other thing, it could be some of the mildews, couldn't it? So they'll fold and roll, won't yeah, they? Yeah, you can do. Not powdery. You might get a bit... I think hmm. it has been quite warm and humid you might get a bit of downy but that would be patches on the so top look, side and the bottom so look for aphid 
Yeah. Um, pick off the worst offended leaves, wouldn't you? Would you spray? I wouldn't necessarily spray, no. would you? Well, I, 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 There's not much to spray it with anyway now. Not really, no. I mean, you can use some of those sort of fatty acid uh, soaps or plant extracts or plant oils. That they, they're, they're okay, but you need to add them more. And okay, is, it, is, is it practical to do that to a tree as well? And feed it? Give yeah. it a good... Give it a good feed. Yeah, nothing go wrong with that one. Good, go for a general, go for a good general purpose feed. Go and water the feed in around where the drip line of the tree is. So go to the edge of the canopy of the tree and water there rather than by uh, the right of the trunk. Okay, right. lovely. Okay. Thank you. Let us know how it gets on. We'd like to hear from you, Ken in Torrington. Um, hello, Ken. What you got for us today? One ten to another. Yeah. Um, many years ago, my wife stumbled on the fact that if she bought a small pot containing the herb basil and left it in the kitchen, um, flies and other winged instruments, insects wouldn't come in. Does it work, though? I know you said she came across it, but does it work? Well, it has done for quite many years. That's fantastic. I wonder whether other people have tried that. I'd Thanks, be interested Ken. to know. Don't know, mate. That's a good one. I mean, Bye. so often it is about plants helping in life, isn't it? Don't you think, Ken? Ken's gone. Um, that's a nice one to hear from Ken, isn't it? That's a useful tip, isn't it? Well, it's good, actually. I mean, you because get the, that's good, what good, we want. You get good scent uh, mm. from that, and I think it does actually ward off uh, things like fungus flies and things like that. And the thing is about this programme is it is about... I mean, Ken, thank you very much for your comment, because this programme is about passing on things that work. And if that works for you, it'll work for other people. Let's go to Patricia in Benfleet. Hello, Patricia. Oh, hello, Ken. What Bad you got? news. Well, you know my walnut tree, I ran near in the, well, late summer, and it mm-hmm. got all its leaves, and we said it's probably due to the drought. Yeah. So, um, it did come into leaf late, but it did. And guess what? My gardener went up the garden. He said to me, have you seen this? One of my roots of the tree has come up out of the ground and snapped, and it's got a sway on it, a bit of a sway, when the winds are bad. Because you know, we had very bad winds Tuesday, didn't we? Yep. Because I had a couple of things in the garden got snapped off, you know. But what do I do? I mean, <laughs> right now, with the tree's going to fall down, or do I get a tree surgeon to top it, you know, because it's quite, quite an umbrella Tom, sort of it's thing. it's quite important, isn't it, that you get a tree <coughs> surgeon that knows what they're doing. Yeah, get a specialist in, get a good tree surgeon. Well, um, no. Gardner said he'd got a relation that does it and he's gone through the courses and everything. So I said, where's uh, all the gear? And he said, yes. Okay. I'm waiting for him to come round. He hasn't come round yet. Yeah, that's well, what you want. Yeah, get a qualified tree surgeon in, get them to thoroughly check it for you. They'll come up with great advice. You are coming into a good time of the year when it is... Time to prune good to walnuts. Prune walnuts. Yeah, so um, know, that's what I, I would go for. To, oh, they might say, cut it down. <laughs> Well, they might, they might do, but I, without seeing the tree, it's you can't hard judge. to decide, really. But, you know, get those specialists in. They're the best people to, to have in. I think it's got too heavy at the top and it catches the wind because it's quite tall. Because I had it pruned once, but it made it worse. It sort of grew much quicker and much worse, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but if it's got a lot of weight on one side, it'd be worth reducing the weight and, and moving, you know, protecting it from falling over. So I'm sure they'll have good advice for you. Let's go to Alan from Hodgson. Hello, Alan. Hello, Ken. Hello, Tom. Um, I've been watering my plants with a watered-down horse manure I asked a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they're all sprouting up really good. Now that the flowers are on the potatoes, do I pick those off or do I leave them on? I've heard contrasting results. Uh, 
No, leave them on. Uh, do you know, are they sort of new potatoes or are they main crop potatoes? Uh, both. I've got both in. Okay, so if you've got new potatoes, just just feel into the soil. If those potatoes are around, what you say, hen's egg size, yeah. then actually they're ready for lifting. And actually when a new potato comes into the flower, that's a good sign they're ready. Um, and your main crop, they should actually produce their leaf flower and you let the whole of the growth die down and then, then you eventually lift them up. But you don't, have to re don't remove any flowers, you don't need to. Only I heard someone said that, you know, if you remove the flowers, you get a bit of crop. Why? Well, because you, you lose... In theory, you're, you're taking some of the... Yeah. In theory, but it really, mm, it no doesn't have a massive impact, really. Not at all. Right, OK. Um, don't worry. And compost, what is... Got, um, it says on when you're making compost, don't put cooked um, meat in the compost. That's right. Why is that? Because you could attract vermin, mice, rats, anything else, really. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Oh, right, OK. I just wondered why. Yeah, it's eggshells, fats, meats, all that sort of thing. Okay, I dug up two Swedes yesterday, about um, tennis ball size. I Brilliant. I'll try them for the weekend. Oh, well, oh, good, good luck. for you. Right, are you going to roast them or cook, or cook them on top? Uh, I think one of each, but we might um, stew, boil one and roast the other. Good man. That sounds good to me. Nothing like something like that, is it? Homegrown home produce. Ah, brilliant. Now, what are we doing with Vera from Halstead? Hello, Vera. Oh, good morning, Ken and your partner. Lovely programme. Um, it's my Sambuca. Yeah. It's out at the moment. Mm -hmm. My daughter likes it and would like a piece of it, um, a strike or a cutting. Um, can I do that? And what's the best time to do it? Now I'll leave it. Well, to, be, to, um, be, to be honest with you, you I mean, you can do it now. It's, it's such a big leaf. Uh, but you can do a wait a little bit longer. Oh, right. Yeah, wait. I, I wait a little bit longer towards the end of this month, going into July. And you could take something called a semi-ripe stem cutting because the leaves will be more mature then. Won't they, they are mature, but they're <laughs> still big. Personally, I probably wait until February, March, and oh. do something called a hardwood cutting. There's right. no leaves at all. Um, you and just put the stem in the ground. Yeah, pretty well, you just you? you all you need is growth that was produced um, last, last year. year. It's pencil thickness. It's quite a long cutting with a sambucus because those junctions are quite wide apart, and you want something which has got at least four junctions. So when you're looking at the plant in the winter with no leaves on, mm -hmm. um, come back from a tip, count down four junctions, cut yeah. just below the fourth junction. And what you can also do is use a hormone powder. Go to any good garden centres, they've got those. Some have got liquids as well. Mm -hmm. Pop that onto the end, push it into the ground, actually not very, not very far away from the plant you've just taken it from, and push it in the ground so you've got the top buds uh, um, exposed, and just monitor it for that year. Nine times out of ten, they root really, so really well. You're in the ground, aren't you, by yep. the side of the parent? That's it. I, got that's it. better to do it that yep. way. And if you want a really full explanation, if you if you type into any search engine, um, yeah. hardwood cuttings, and then put RHS after it, you'll go to the profile page. Okay. I haven't got a computer, so oh. I can't do Okay, well, any sort of uh, garden ex encyclopedia or anything like that, they will have some really good step-by-step -step guides. Right. Okay, then. Thank good you very luck. much. And we talk to Jean. Hello, Jean. Hello, Ken and Tom. Um, I've got trouble with a green acer. Um, it's an absolutely beautiful tree. Uh, it's about eight years old. It's in a pot standing on feet. Um, the pot's about 16 by 16. It's a clay pot. But ants have decided to take up residence in the bottom of it. 
and I really don't know what to do. I've tried ant powder, but nothing seems to be working, and they're just digging the soil out from underneath. Is it? I know you're not supposed to use it. <laughs> no, you're going to tell us something we can use. No, <laughs> we know vine. If you had vine weevil control, yes, I have. You could use vine weevil control, couldn't you? So I have got the liquid weevil. that's a drench. Yeah. In a container, I think you can actually. It doesn't I mean? It... Would that get rid of ants? I mean, I know it's not. In theory, it's not been passed for ants, so in theory, it right. shouldn't. But I, I'm just at an absolute loss as to what to do with them because they've started coming out on the top of the pot as well, and they're just taking the soil out all the time. And it's such a beautiful tree. Right. I mean, the one I like, the one I personally like, is the spray which is called Ant Stop. Ant and now, Stop. Ant yeah. stop. Now, the re- then you disturb the ants as much as you can. Then you spray them and they take it back to the nest because the nest is going to be in the pot, isn't it, Tom? Well, it yeah. is, so it's difficult to move around all yeah. that. And yeah, I'm but you could scratch sure the top and they come up. And if you moved it... whether to take the tree out of the pot... Uh, the ants, not, the ants are still going to be there. I think yeah. actually, if you sort of agitate the top of the compost, that's a good idea, and the yeah. ants will come, come up, up. Then, then, then use. All in the top of the. Um, um, yeah, uh, but if no, but if you agitate the soil, they'll come right. up. Then keep spraying them on a regular basis with what, a with, with ant stop. Yes, because yeah. they'll take that back mm. to their nest, and then they right. preen each other. They got seven hairs on their legs or something, yeah. and they. Is it a liquid then. It's just a, a yeah. ready-to-use spray. Yeah. Right, okay. That's um, worth, worth um, a try, I think. Do think weevil stuff might work as well? Mm, don't know, don't is know. the honest answer. I have heard people use that, but I don't know. I would use ant stock. Ant stock would be a better bet for you. Right. All right? Lovely. I will try that. Jean, let us know how Good you luck. get on, because we want to know, we like to know what goes on with people's... Um, you know, how successful our, our comments are. Pauline in Brightlingsea. What are you trying to get rid of in Brightlingsea, then? Uh, mare's tail. It's everywhere. Um, I don't know what uh, we kill. I've got Roundup. I haven't mm-hmm. tried a section of any of it on there at all, so I didn't know if that was the one that would work. Um, and um, I can't, I've looked through different bottles of sprays and that, and I can't see even the name Mayor's Toll, you know, if it's going to get rid of it or not. So I wondered if you could tell me, um, you know, the name of the weed killer that I can use. Please. Well, actually, it's, it's any, anything that's got an active ingredient called glyphosate, which is in Roundup. It is in Roundup. It is in Roundup. Oh. Now, I was, I was going to ask you a question. Where is it growing? Is it growing on its own in a patch, oh. or is it growing through your lovely choice plants? No, well, it's um, in some of the plants. It's coming up through the gravel as yep. well, uh, which I've got out there in, in great big clumps. So, yeah. There's not much you can do. Now, it's a very difficult weed to get rid of, really. Well, about kill, there's another thing called kills weeds fast or something I've seen. Now, I don't know whether that works as well. That's, <laughs> I think somebody told me it might work on that. That could be worth a try as well. But glyphosate, you would have to keep using it wouldn't you on a regular basis yeah for at least a year yeah. would you say absolutely um i mean what we can do is to help the, the spread of it is to almost sort of crush the stems they've got a very strong stem structure at mayor's town it's got that sort of silicon it when you feed it with your hands it's quite rough yeah. uh, if you can crush them a bit more then spray oh so it's it, really at the stems um to spray it yeah not oh, on yeah. the actual greenery S- you, at the top or anything well spray all the plants the whole, the whole spray thing. the whole plant 
Yeah. And that'll have a better way of getting into it. But as Ken's saying, this is going to be several applications. This is going to be a, a job for the year, really. Really? Um, and, it's, it's, and so it's all through winter or whenever no, it's all uh, no. out. It's, only, it's only going to be really during the growing season. So you've got until sort of uh, leaves fall in the autumn. So do it and then leave it three, four weeks and then do it again. Yeah. The only problem is where you've got them growing up with other plants... Yeah. You can't spray because you'll hit those choice plants. Yeah. You can get these gel-based products, which have got the same ingredient in, and oh. you could wipe it onto the plant. All right. right. How do you spell that name of the ingredients that's got to be in them, then? G-G-L-Y. G-L-Y. Yes. P-H. Yes. O-S. Yes. A-T-E. But Roundup is one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I have got several yeah. bottles of that, so I can use that then. Um, is there a particular time of the day, not when the sun's on them? If or? it's too hot, it yeah. doesn't work no. as well. Do it earlier in the day. It's Early, better. before the sun comes on there, then, really. Well, you know, sort of at eight, eight nine in the morning, ten yeah. in the morning will be fine. Yeah, yeah, don't early. get up early for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> don't set your alarm. <laughs> The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther, every Saturday from 11. Robert from Gallywood, we're talking bamboo, is that right? Good morning, Tom and Ken, yes, we are. Now, about two years ago, I spoke to you about getting some bamboo. I'm I've got a bit of a sore throat. Um, I, I had a, a friend of mine, well, I call him a friend, I hate him now... <laughs> He gave me a clump of bamboo, um, golden bamboo, and within two years, it had spread everywhere. Mm. There were shoots coming up ten foot away in the middle of my lawn, and I spoke to you about it, Ken, and you said, well, the only way to eradicate it, yep. really, Robert, is to dig it up. So diligently my wife and I cut away the turf. It was only about two or three inches below the yep, turf. that's right. And we followed the roots right the way through. Anyway, we finally eradicated it. Good. two years ago. But now it's coming all back up again. It, it doesn't give up bamboo, I'm afraid, Robert. It really doesn't. Oh, no, but the trouble is, mate, I can't dig it up this time. Because right, I'll tell you what up. you could try. I could, couldn't you, if you were really careful... You were talking about the Roundup gel. Yeah. You could wipe it on just the leaf of the bamboo as it showed its face, couldn't you? Could you? It will be taken into the plant, and yeah. there's potential for it to get into the rest of the plant. But remember it, it, that if you touch your lawn, it will burn the lawn as well. It will do, yes. Well, it's not coming up to the lawn. It's coming up. One, two lots are coming up between me red robin. And I've got another lovely little right. bamboo called Negra, which really behaves itself. You know, it doesn't get any yeah. bigger. Yeah, they do. Um, lovely. I would use the gel, but be careful that it doesn't touch any plants you value. So right. it's Roundup gel. Um, should I not cut the stem off and then rub it onto the stem? The only other way is that you can cut it and then put the liquid down into the stem. You can try that as well. That's another yeah. way of doing it. Yes, put it into the stem. But be careful oh, you don't touch... I from any garden centre, Yes, I? you can indeed. And don't forget that you mustn't touch any other green plants with it because that will that will cause a real problem. You know, you'll kill that as well. And you don't want to kill those nice black ones that he was talking about, do you? They're lovely. They're gorgeous and they don't spread, do they? Uh, Dennis from Potter's Bar. Hello, Dennis. 
Hello, Tom. How are you? Hello, Dennis. Hello, Tom. Oh, it's Dennis. I, re- I realise who you are now, Dennis. OK. Yeah, I did meet, I've met you a few times, yeah. I've indeed. OK, Dennis, how can we help? I've got a very healthy crop of garden peas, loads of flower, healthy foliage, about four foot high. Yeah. But the pods are taking ages to fatten up. They're just not moved. One or two are. And I was wondering, I've, I've researched it a bit, but nobody's mentioned about like feeding with tomorites. I was wondering if that might be a way mm. forward. I, I think it's probably they're, they're probably delayed because we've had such interesting weather, challenging weather over the last few yeah. weeks. Yeah. And when you get um, changing temperatures, if, if it was well. warm, like next week, it's supposed to be quite nice and warm. Yes, yeah. It is, yeah. And I, I think they'll fatten up then, even oh. without you putting a feed down. But okay. I, I wouldn't overly if they've already got the pods. Yeah. You, don't need you're it, you're do almost they? there. But yeah. I think when we have these big drops in temperature, the plant just sits there. Yeah. The cold nights as well. We yeah. have. Uh, also, uh, Tom and Ken, do you should you pinch the tops out when they get to about four or five foot, or just let them go on? You can. You can they do. They branch and produce more flower, to, can't they? You, they can do. Yes. Um, you can do that, yeah. Or, yeah. or you could leave them alone. It, if you've got other varieties coming on after this. No, all I've got is these. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you feel they're a little bit tall, then you can take them out. Taking yeah. out the tips will cause some branching. Whether you'll get additional flowers and more pods, you might. You might the not. Second time I've ever done them, and I, I do like them, and I really want to pursue it next year. You know, it's it's really really good. What you're going to do in future, though, is set several different varieties at different times and continue the amount of peas that you can Then you get a really good extended yeah. season, then. So don't forget, Dennis, you've got to buy different varieties and set them at different times next year and let us know how that works. Moving on to Sylvia from Shubriness. Hello, Sylvia. Oh, hello. I've got a problem with my hydrangeas. Yep. Um, I've got these little tiny, look like polystyrene balls all the way down the stems on some of the leaves. Yeah, but when you feel them, they're sticky. Yep. And the underneath of the leaves is sticky as well. Uh-huh. Mm. So yep. what you've got there is a scale. Insect. And it is an insect. It's a pest that's oh, um, it was. <laughs> sapping sup, sap from the plant. And as it yes. does that, it excretes all over your plant and creates that stickiness. Yes. So you'll also get blackening on the leaves as well. Go and use something like um, a Ram. product called Provado. That will be quite good. Make sure you spray it according to the instructions. Or, Don't... Ult- or Ultimate Bug Killer. They're ultimate Bug Killer, that's a very good one as well. Do it earlier in the day rather than later. Early in the day, Okay. Yeah. And if you've got stems that have no flower and they're really riddled, mm. it's worth cutting the odd yeah. one out. So a bit of cultural, a bit of chemical control. All right. Okay, thank you. It's another small, well, not a small problem. I've got this little weed that's growing all over my lawn. It's creepy weed, tiny weed, and it's got little tiny yellow flowers on it. I've had it every year oh, since I've lived here, over 30 years. But this year it's worse than ever. It's just taking over the lawn. The yellow one is... Um, oh. Not an oxalis, is no. it? Or sink no. foil? It's sink foil yellow, isn't it? It's tiny yellow flowers. It's, it's Anyway, what you need, right, to get rid of anything like that, mm-hmm. you've got to work hard. It's like people trying to get rid of clover. It's not, uh, People won't like me saying it. A feed and weed will not get rid of it. Won't get rid you of need it. a liquid lawn weed killer. A liquid lawn, lawn weed, weed killer. killer. And okay. you need to see that you don't apply it in too hot a condition, yes. so not during the middle of the day. Okay. Okay. And that's the only way. And you won't get rid of it with one application. No, it's going to take a few applications. But if you do it sort of earlier in the morning, um, I think, you know, with a good few applications, you should better control that one. So they are. And we go to Bridget from Great Dunmo. Hello, Bridget. Hello. You've got a cactus that's seven foot high? Yes. Wow. 
What are you going to do with it then? Well, uh, that's, that's the problem. It's hit the ceiling in the porch, and um, it's only about four inches wide, four inches, you know, across. But I don't really want to get rid of it as such, but it's never had any flowers. It's never had any, you know, new pieces grow on it, and I've had it since about 1970. You could cut a hole in the ceiling, there's an idea. No, it's all right, that was a joke. Uh, you can't do anything with it, can you? You can't make them flower, you can't make them do anything, can you, a plant like that? I just don't know what to do with it because it's um, hit the ceiling. If I, I mean, will it, will it root if I cut it off at the top? It's not, oh, no, it's not going to like that, is it? No. Can you reduce it? You can, but we, it's risk, isn't it? Because yeah. it can rot, can't it? We have reduced some at the college, uh, and they've actually produced some branching. Um, that's worth a try. But, there's a, but, you but there got, is always a risk with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, what we're saying is, yes, you can cut the top. What would you put on it if you cut the top? Because it'll, it'll bleed. It goes very wet, doesn't no, it? No, just leave it. Just leave it, would you, and just let the... Yeah? Mm. Let it what, It's nice and hot, actually, at the moment. You won't have any yeah. problems, will you? Um, OK, so that is what you should try... But there is a risk. Yeah. It can rot. And it's in, what's up? Is it in a pot or...? It's in a very, quite, a, a pot about six inches across. Not very big. So it's not very pot. big and it's in a fairly open compost. Um, well, it's been in there ever since um, I moved it, um, probably about 1972. Okay. And, and have you ever fed, fed it? Um, no. I've never Try feeding it. So you can get some proprietary cacti and succulent feeds. It's worth going to your good garden centres to pick those up. And how much would you cut off? I mean, there's a risk. How much? Are the colleges, what did About you cut half. off? About half. Yeah. But you can't do anything with the stem, can you? You've well, got... I think you can. In theory, you could root it, it so I think you, but... you can, but definitely I'd have a go at cutting and reducing it in height and, and then actually see what happens. But there is, a risk. A, risk. There is a risk. Sorry about that. Risky uh, job, Bridget. But can you uh, let us know how it gets on? Tell you what, I ran you about two years ago about yep. a gunnera in a pot. Yeah. And um, we've still got it in this huge great pot, and it's a huge great plant, and it's really looking healthy. Bridget, well done. That come good. back to us and let us know how you get on with this cactus weed. Love to hear from you. And uh, let's talk to Eve in Harlow now. Hello, Eve. Good morning. Um, I'm, I've got a problem with, well, I'd like your expert advice if you've got it, um, on fish. We bought um, three fish about 15 years ago. We lost, we've lost two. The last one, the second one, about a week ago. So we're left with one. Right. What, what should I do? Should I try and get more fish or just leave it on its own? Right. Well, this is in a, in a, is it in a natural pond? Is it in a, is it got a filter? Has it got a waterfall? What, where, what, where's the fish? It's, it's in a pond about um, five foot by four foot. Yeah. Um, it's and got, it's a, got plants in it, you know. Got, has it got a fountain or a, anything to oxygenate the water? Um, not at the moment, no. I've just had it renewed, actually. You've just had it renewed. What water did they put back in? They put back the pond, pond water that was That's in it correct, originally. Yeah. It's not much you can suggest, um, is it, Tom, really? I mean... I wouldn't go and put more fish in until I saw what the fish that's there. Yeah, You've got one yeah. fish left, did you say? One fish, it's a fantail. I would and wait and see. I'd sit tight, wouldn't you, Tom? To see if there's an ongoing problem. I think it might need a fountain or something. Is there electricity anywhere near? I've got um, a, a fountain in the pond, but um, 
I've only got to sort of switch it on. Well, that's what so, you should be doing because when you have hot weather, you need oxygen. You need oxygen to be driven into the water, and the fountain will do that. I see. Well, the thing is, um, um, I'm thinking of the poor little fish on its own. <laughs> It I'm won't get too. It won't get too lonely. But if you put some more in and they die, I'd feel more guilty by suggesting <laughs> yes. that, wouldn't you, Tom? Yeah. Get the fountain working. Get I the fountain working. See how that one survives for a couple of weeks, and then get some more fish. How about that for an idea? Good idea. Thank okay. you very much. So let's go straight to Felstead to talk to Maureen. Hello, Maureen. <laughs> Morning, Tom. This is. Um, I've got a problem with my lilac tree. Right. What's it doing? It, it's six years old. And I went out to cut the dead blossoms off, you know, mm-hmm. as you do. And I noticed that the leaves were going brown and dropping, like they do on the other trees of autumn. And so I, I thought, perhaps it's dry. So I watered it, give it a feed round the bottom. But it's still doing it, because I couldn't see anything on the leaves. This morning when I went out, the rest of the leaves are still doing the same thing. And as I picked one up, it had got some little, tiny, minute flies on with with wings you can see through little black flies no they're not black flies you can see through the wings oh they're right really they're not hover oh tiny oh. they're not hover yeah, fly they're not you know, like... when you look at the leaf it's gone brown but it's got lots of um red patterns through it red patterns through the and it's crumbly you know it's crumbly like the when the, you get the other trees in the autumn drop their leaves Right, and all of those leaves have all of those insects on? Um, not all of them, no. This is the first leaf not I've found with any not, nec- not necessarily linked then, is it? No. no. Uh, they're, they now lilac. Lilac. early drop. Lilacs do no, get... Well, lilac can actually suffer from something called... Um, there are some stem rots uh, they can suffer from. But um, usually but you get a whole stem then go The whole brown, tree will it? go. But it doesn't it do it in sections? or uh, n- Not necessarily, but the leaves do go brown quite quickly and they become dry really quickly. So That's what's happened. I, that's usually because of a stressed situation. And actually, la- um, last year, yeah. last year there was a lot, quite a few plants. I mean, lots of plants like Judas trees and things yeah. over a period of a week. And... Um, it was because of the intense heat, so what, actually, in summer. What could then. you do to help? I mean, what we're saying is it could be a major <clears throat> problem where the lilac yeah. tree is dying. However, is it worth giving it any feed at all, would well, you? Or? Before I do that, I'd probably just scrape some of the bark, work from the outside in, so scrape the bark, and if you're finding that's brown as well, keep on going until you work, if you get to some green areas. If there's no green tissue at all, You've lost then it, the tree's then, gone. Uh, if there is some green tissue within it and there is some signs of life, then actually you're not going to go far wrong in actually trying to boost the plant. Use something like a maxi crop uh, liquid feed. It's a seaweed-based product, and that will help maybe invigorate the plant. And then, then I would just monitor it. I don't necessarily think those those insects are linked to the problem. Not at all. Let's uh, move on to Jim. Let us know, Maureen, whether that, when you've done that job, come back to us in another week and let us know how the lilac looks and whether it is green underneath the thing. We'd be interested to know. Uh, Jim from East Tilbury, you've got a small lawn, have you? Yes. Basically, I've got a small front garden. Yep. On the uh, outside of the, uh, the, the garden is um, flowers, but in the centre is about 10 metres square lawn. Yep. And the lawn is very uneven, so about 21 days ago, I put Roundup on to kill the grass, which is on it. Yep. Um, what should I do now? Should I dig the lawn and... So the whole lot's dead lot? now? Yeah, the whole lot is dead. 
I was on it last night, and the grass is dead. And I thought, if I've got a rake, and sort of, would it just pull up? But it doesn't seem mm. to be doing no, that. It's, it's no, it's not. It's all I've, the roots and everything. You yeah, need but, to dig it, don't you, You really? need, to, need to basically dig it out or skim it off. Uh, yeah. t- take off that old growth, and then then you can spend some time. I would then dig over the site so you can actually even it out, level it, firm it, and then you're ready in a, into position where you can actually either seed it or turf probably it. turf it. Actually, it's a if nice it's size small, area. You could just turf it, couldn't you, Jim? Yes, that's right. Uh, but I didn't know if if I had to dig it or if I yes. just cut the turf straight. No, on. no, 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 no. You mustn't do that. It'd because... be better for you to dig it. You get what you do if you you see bodgy gardeners putting lawns on lawns, and what happens is where you are, you'll create a pan that is nearly as hard as say a, a tarmac surface, and therefore the roots of the new grass will not grow through it. That's why you oh, have yes. to dig it. Yeah. So so you're aerating it, you're really improving the structure, and that and your turves you or your grass. You could add a bit of base fertilizer into it. Even. Well, you could, and I, I mean, for me, if I've worked it all over. Then I also put in something like, um, if the soil's still very crumbly, put in something like a top dressing mix, so a sandy loam mix. Yes. Make yes. sure it's lovely and level and flat, and then go for your turfing. All right. Right. Thank you very much indeed. That's, that's okay. A, that's, that's a pleasure. And that was Jim from East Tilbury. Now, just, I wanted to get this one in because it's quite, it's, it's, can you still buy club root powder? This is coming on a text. Or is it off the market? Asked Daphne from Holland on Sea. It's been a... It disappeared years ago. That had... It? Was it Bromophos? Bromophos. Yes, you can't disappeared. get that. No. Uh, also, I've got an ant's nest in the compost bin. Do I deal with it in the normal way? What does that mean? You Oh, what's I think the question is, is can they use an ant powder or an ant stop or anything like that? And the answer is yes, you can. You can. Or, you know, if you're turning your compost, you it agitate. It would get rid of it, wouldn't it? Yeah. So take the compost out and get rid of it. That would do the job. Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. George from Dagnum, we're talking potatoes, aren't we? Hello, yes. Good good morning to you both. Um, when is the latest time you can sow, uh, plant, seed, um, main crop seed potatoes? Have you still got some main crop seed potatoes? Yes. Well, I suggest you put them in the ground now, then, because they still will grow, won't they? They'll be fine, actually. I think it's that the, the the it's if we have a if we have a later frost, we tend to have frosts. They sort of come in, don't they, around about October, November. But still, they'll still be they'll fine. They'll produce potatoes. Yeah. I'd still I'd be fine actually for this month uh, to put yeah, those in. This month, I mean, I'm so far behind, unfortunately, that um, um, they've had to go by the wayside for a little while while I put other stuff in. Um, That's all right. But- Get them in. Right, get fine. get get uh, out there after another... the program and get them in the ground. Right, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> One quick other thing, uh, I've never had, never noticed it before on the allotment, but um, I put some sweet corn in a week ago, and uh, half of them have been eaten. And uh, or yeah, I've never had uh, sweet corn damage before, and I just wondered if it was a, a, a pigeon, young foxes, or whatever. Or what? it could it could be anything really. Yeah, it could be anything, really. Um, well, I've been lucky in the past. You got some spare plants? No. Well, I'm too late to sow, isn't it? Yeah, you'd be better off getting some plants You might in. be able to buy some see, uh, some plants. If you go to a nursery, yeah. a good nursery, they'll have some plants yeah. that are possibly three or four inches, well, four inches high, and you could pop them in the ground. 
Yeah, so mine are actually four, five, six inches high. But, well, they are. Uh, Go- most of them are not now. <laughs> They're one inch high. <laughs> but I have seen I have seen them in. Uh, oh, they're in, for sale at the moment. I've seen them for sale, so I think that's the that's the way forward. I really do. I'm going to stay on vegetables as we're talking about runner beans. Is that right, Edward from Romford? Yeah, Edward. Yes, yeah, Rochford. Rochford. Sorry, misread it. My glasses. <laughs> What what we got on the runner beans then? I've got black fly, right? Nobody else has, I suppose, hundreds of the bloody things. Yeah. We're broad beans and runner beans. But I sprayed me runner beans, black fly, mm-hmm. but the tomatoes about two foot, three foot away from them. And I noticed someone going yellow on top. Would it be the spray? Because it's windy when I've done it a couple of times. Would it hurt the tomatoes? Uh, shouldn't do. Shouldn't do at all, really. What, no, were, you, what were you using? Well, just a. Of a uh, well known to make for a black fly and green fly one, you know. Four vegetable crops? Yeah. No, yeah, four was... vegetable crops, yeah. Yeah, no, it shouldn't. Should, that, that, should that won't do that. Unless you did it in strong sun, sunny weather. And you could get some scorching. Yeah, it's gone all yellow. I can't make it out. I've never had that before. Like, you know, did you... Like, I know blight if you see blight, you know. No. Did you do it in hot, sunny conditions? That would do it. Will it, will it hurt the tomatoes or will they recover? Uh, I should think they'll recover. You think they'll recover? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Peggy from Reading. Is that right? Peggy? Yes, that's right. Hi, what can we do for you on mimosa? I bought a mimosa tree that I've just recently planted, and it's a south-facing wall because they're, as you know, a tropical plant. And uh, But it's bordering on my neighbor, and I'm absolutely terrified about the um, the spread. The I know they're, in, well, they're categorized as an invasive plant, but should I worry about them flowing over to the neighbor? I had a wor- uh, word with her, and she said, well, we'll see how it goes. But I've been Googling, and, and it sounds like they're, they're an awful lot of work. Is that right? Well, every now and again, yes you and do. No. <laughs> yes and no, really. They are a lovely plant. You have that wonderful scent in the, I, in I the spring. I wouldn't panic from them. No, but I think at some point, just Pruning bear in mind, flowering. You, you are going to be pruning after flowering, but you might actually, in some cases, be taking quite a substantial amount off to keep it within the scale of the garden. Um, so uh, I don't think it's overly uh, an onerous plant. I mean, it's a lov- I would definitely have it. It's a lovely plant to have. And just maybe monitor it between yourself and your neighbour. And when should I prune it? You, well, ideally after flowering. However, well, hang on, if you had hard prune and you had to take limbs out, would you still do it after flowering? Um, they bleed quite a bit if you do that, don't they? No, well, I've done the, I've, we've done those done actually them? January, February time. Yeah. But I uh, think if you've got a plant that's fairly well set now, then just enjoy the blooms after it's flowered. Trim then I would actually be cutting. You, yeah. can, the, you can cut, cut them back. hard. Uh, they would will you, come back. Would you plant it or would you pot it? Well, if you pot it, you'll constrict its growth. You'd need to have a, something like, um, oh gosh, something like a two or three foot across pot by about two or three foot in depth. But could I get away for the first year just to see how we go? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yes, and you'll have an opportunity. If you feel, no, this is not quite right, then you can containerize it. All right. Okay, and use a, John, use a John in his number three compost for it. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. That's, That's a okay. pleasure. Okay. Uh, that was Peggy from Reading. And we go straight back to the phones to Anne from Basildon. Hello, Anne. Hello. Good morning. Um, uh, I've been growing potatoes for several years now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and this year I decided not to grow them. But I've got some growing. Yep. Uh, so that some of the plants are growing. It was all dug over, but it, there are about three. Is it all right to eat the potatoes that... Uh, grow from them absolutely 
right. Yeah, you could. Do, it, I mean, it's very difficult. Actually. Sometimes, but you, you're asked always to take all the potatoes out every year, but there's always one or two that escape and they yeah. go quite deep and they come up. You can treat them just the same. So okay. do your earthing up as well, and uh, you'll still have a you know quite a nice handful of potatoes. I would think at the end of the season. Lovely, thank you. Could I just ask one more yep. question? Go for it. It's not to do with veg, it's to do with roses. Uh-huh. I've got some really lovely dark pink roses that come up and they're absolutely lovely. They're, they're, they're good enough to put in a vase indoors. Um, when it rains very heavily, they seem to open right out and the petals go a sort of, not white, but... They 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 don't look really nice anymore. They look um, washed out. Washed out. Are they? <laughs> are they? A, do you think they're an old-fashioned rose? Oh yes, because I moved into the house and they oh, were here. Oh, I said no. They're an old rose. Yeah. Okay. It's just it's rain and rain and sun. Yeah, it's it physiological, really. It's it's um it's one of those things. Actually, I mean, what oh. you can do is is it a repeat flowering one? Yes. So what you could do is you could remove some of those flowers actually back to a good outward-facing leaf and uh, you'll get regrowth from there and hopefully some some better shaped flowers a little bit later on in the season. Well, they're shaped... Um, I'm just sort of telling this a little bit. They're shaped absolutely fine. The buds are fine, the flowers are fine. It's when they get a lot of water... Yeah, it's purely, it's purely yeah. weather conditions which roses okay. react to and you can't, you can't sadly change or improve that situation at all, can you, Tom? No. Uh, let's talk lawns with Pauline from Brentwood. Have you got a new lawn, old lawn, or what are you trying to do to your lawn, Pauline? Oh, hello there. Yeah, it's a new lawn. It's a new built house. Um, and um, as I say, it's obviously laid on clay. And I've been sort of um, watering it with the hose with the miracle Grow on it to green it up. But all of a sudden, I've got this big circle and it's gone brown. Now, I've got no pest or anything. I don't know if it's a fox, but it's spreading. So I've dug it out and I've tried to reseed it. But I didn't know if I've got to cover it with polythene or anything because it doesn't seem to be taking. Now, hang on. Have you got, you say, a ring? Do you mean you've got a circular patch? Yeah. It's it not in a circle. It's not in a circle, is it? No, well, it, it's shaped like a circle. No, OK, it's it's like a blob, yes? A blob. Yeah, like a bit, and it's gone like it's dead. It's right, dark. what you need to do is I would dig down and see there's nothing underneath, wouldn't you, Tom, with yeah. a new build? Yeah, absolutely, see if it's got, you've got good soil conditions there. Um, I would actually scrape away. Um, I would actually invigorate the soil. I might even go out and get some topsoil, just as a, a bag small bag soil. from your good garden centre. It's a sandy loam mix. Mix right. that into that soil and actually make sure you mix a little bit into the remaining turf area. Flatten it and then you could seed it with a sort of patch lawn uh, kit. You can get those from your good garden centres. Um, yes. and. And, no polythene. No polythene, nothing else over the top of it. You actually sow on the surface and just tamp down with the top of a rake head. Uh, that will be fine. Water it in, and then if the temperature stays really good for the next few weeks, you'll get good germination from that. Uh, there we go. It's as simple as that. And now we go to Holbridge. Val, what you got for us? Oh, good morning. Um, I've got a tree that uh, I think you call it an alum- almantia. Alamanchia, oh yes, lovely, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very old, it's, it's probably about 40, 45 years old and it's looking very stressed. I don't know whether it's come to its end of life or not. Um, gradually over the last couple of years I've been losing um, 
different branches on it this year. Um, the leaves that have come out are very small. They're already turning autumnal colours and uh, it's looking very poorly. Is it time to, to cut it down, take it out and replace it? How big is the spread of the tree? Um, it's probably about 10 foot, 12 foot spread. What I would do for this year is uh, get, a li- get a liquid fertiliser Mm-hmm. and then water that where the drip line of the tree is. And where that is, it's where the canopy of the tree ends. So it's on the edge of the tree. Right. And just water it all the way around. Is the soil compacted at all, or is it quite loose? No, no, I think it's it's, it's fine. It's okay, fine. so literally water it and get, get any good general purpose liquid fertiliser, uh-huh. water it in, and just see what happens as a result of that this and, year. And I would not do that. I would do it a different way. I would drive a stake down into the ground, a pole into the ground, something the size of a broomstick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same area that Tom's talking about, I would use Vitax. I'd drop Vitax Q4 down into that, so fertiliser you can buy, down into the hole, go down about a foot or so, yeah. and then replenish it with uh, some soil on top and do that every um, couple of feet all the way around that same tree. I reckon that would work even better. Oh, go for it. Vitax Q4. That's another way of doing it. All right? Really? So it's getting a pole into the ground in a circle around the tree. Go round the tree, all the way the round. Holes. Big circle. All right? Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. You can try half and half. Do half Tom's method and half mine, and you can tell me which is better. That's the way to do it, don't you reckon, Tom? Let's go to Roses. <laughs> We're talking Roses with Martin from Billericay. Uh, morning, Ken. What would you like Tom? to know? Um, Ken, um, I've quite an established rose, about 10 years old. Lovely, but masses and masses of buds and blooms. This year when I was pruning, I decided to cut it back into the, quite hard into the old wood. It used to be about four foot high. It's got a number of shoots, but they're not that very strong. They'd normally be about the thickness of perhaps your ring finger. These are very thin, and I wondered if, um, obviously if they were thicker, prune next year, they'll grow up again. Have I overdone it with cutting it right back that hard, do you think? And will it uh, recover, basically? Roses do, don't they? They're quite tough things, roses. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you fed it this year as well. I have just, yeah, about a yeah. couple of weeks ago. I'd leave it and see what happens this year, really. But next okay. year, you've still got to do some pruning, probably just to tip it. Yeah. Uh, not be as hard. But you, you won't do it harm? No. No, no. Thank All you right. very much. Okay, that's Martin. Just wanted to say that morning ken tom if making a herb collection is it best to plant all in one large pot or in separate pots what do you reckon rose she's what suggests rosemary she's got rosemary got any other ideas you can put in it rosemary Rosemary, thyme thyme, uh, creeping rose sorry rosemary thyme um things like lemon balm you could if the pot's big enough because it's quite a bit they're better in one big pot though aren't they but don't put mint in there don't put mint in its own pot really okay uh we talked to malkit from colchester hi there Hello, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, what I had was I have a, a I have a rhododendron, uh, rod, rhododendron yep. plants which have been established for more than ten years. But what happens? I suddenly have noticed the leaves going yellowy, and some of the leaves have got like a very uh, rust, uh, black black spots uh, on the and, surface and, of the leaf. Yes. Do they feel? Does it feel? Leaf. Does it feel sticky? Yes. Right, somewhere on that plant you have a pest and the oh. pest is taking sap out the plant but it's actually excreting on the plant and then what's ha- happening there is sooty mould is coming onto the leaf and that's giving you the blackened coat colouring. Yes. 
What you can do is uh, use a product called Provado. Yeah. And you can spray that on. At the same time, what I would also do is give it a good liquid feed of acid feed. So a good something something like mirror acid or any sort of product that's got a, an acid promoter for rhododendrons, camellias, and so on and so forth. And that means you'll strengthen up the plant at the same time. Yep, sorted. And Hassan from South End. Hi, spring onions we're talking. Is that right? Hi, hi. Yeah, it's um, it's actually regarding my father. What it is is um, he's been planting vegetables for many, many years. But for the last three years, he's been planting spring onions and garlic, and we're having these tiny little sort of um, worm inside the um, actual spring onion. But you've got to cut the spring onion in half, and then start unleashing to find it. It's a very, very, very small little animal. Um, we don't know what to do with it. We just can't get rid of them. That's a as an insect that's burrowing inside the onion. But it's it, not it, just the onion, it's, it's happening in the garlic. It's yeah, but it's the all onion. the same it's, family, you see. Yeah. It, it, it might be onion fly. Onion fly. It's like onion fly. Because it has a grub that burrows down. Um, now, I don't know what you can use, There's actually, in terms of that. Um, you would be better, definitely, to move from where you're growing them and move to the other side of the plot for a start, because cleanliness is so important. Now, we tried to do that two years ago, but nothing's really changed. <sighs> onion fly. Mm. Don't know an onion fly, I'll be honest, but that is your problem. That onion is, fly. That is what you've got, yes. Okay. All right? What it's about the... digging up and get, getting rid of most of the soil and coming back in with fresh soil or... No, it's, it's right. not really, no. It's about sort of good rotation, really. So it's trying to move crops around from one year to the next so that you don't get uh, a build-up. If you just open up the soil and dig it, uh, but take all the debris away, that's the most important thing. That's the hygiene bit that Ken's talking about. And you can use EnviroMesh when you, when you sow, which might help as well. Yeah, to keep the fly out. Yeah. Yep, yep. And look out for some um, something like... Nem is there a nematode? Don't know. Worth asking, though, isn't it? Don't think there is, but... Tom, very quickly, strawberries to ripen. Is it worth taking the leaves off as we go? I think if it's very dense, remove some of the leaves. But actually, it shouldn't be really necessary. As long as they've got a good south-facing aspect, it should be fine. You sure? And last but not least, lady with yellow plant in the lawn, the shame. Could be trefoil. Could be trefoil. Is it worth pulling it out before it seeds? Uh, yeah, definitely. So they are. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour. This is BBC Essex. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the gardening advice, tips and events, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go. Just visit the BBC Essex website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour, every Saturday from 11. BBC Essex.